Okay, first one, giving more. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You knew I was going to hit you where it hurts right away. I mean, we've got to talk about this issue of the wallet. Because I'm going to tell you something as a church. We struggled at times last year financially. And yes, it was a rough year at times, and we did go through some challenges with our school. But I will tell you, I'm confident in this fact, that if 100% of this body tithes, we have no needs. You might say, well, what big deal is it if I don't tithe? Well, I got people here that didn't get paid. The reality of church life, whether we want to hear it or not, whether we like it or not, is that money's a part of it. And it's a part of the world we live in. It's a part of, and there's nothing you do in this world that doesn't intersect with a dollar sign. So friends, it's just time to get over it. Because in this verse here, the key is each of you should give what you've decided in your hearts to give. So I'm not going to pressure you this year, but at the start of this year, you should decide what you're going to give. Are you going to give 10% as your tithe? And what are you going to give as your offering to the Lord this year? You might say, well, I can't do it. I challenge you to try it for a year and see how it goes. But I'm telling you, you can do it. The reality is, money becomes a stumbling block to people. And I'm just being real with you. There is two parts. The tithe goes to the storehouse, which is the church itself, which is to be administered by those that you have elected with myself and you trust us. You have to. You might say, well, I don't trust you. Well, I understand that too. The world we live in today, I get it. But the principle of God is when you give, you let go with your fingers. And you don't own it anymore. Secondly, love more. On our top ten, love more. Mark 12, 32-34. Well said, teacher, the man replied, you are right in saying that God alone is, that God is one and there is no other but Him. To love Him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to them, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. To love God with all of our heart and with all of our understanding, with all of our strength, to love your neighbors as yourself is indeed more important than all burnt offerings or sacrifices. So, you know, I just touched on one part of our faith, and he's literally saying here that this is more important than that. Like, love is the key that trumps all things. And I think in 2020, we got to love more. You know, one of the keys to growing a church, this is really revolutionary, love more. Well, no, you got to go to you know you got to go to church leadership conference, and you got to get the exoskeletal structure of church leadership, and the hierarchy of of blah 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 blah. Love more. Love more. What what would Jesus say to Peter? What was the what was the biggest conversation with Peter? What did it say, Peter? Do you love me? 
And he asked him three times. Pastor Nate probably knows this better than me, but in all three times, he uses a different word in the original language. So he was asking, do you love me from three different directions? He really wanted to know if Peter was all in. Do you love me? And I think we can love more. And let's be honest, the bar is pretty low in our world right now. You know, it's just pretty low. And I want you to know, I started off my year on the right foot. I went into Walmart last night. That's right. I even had church people walk by me. They didn't even know who I was. Waiting to see them because I'm going to tell them. I was incognito. My, my kid says, Dad, are you like in disguise? I said, no, I was getting ready to go to bed and your mom said she had to go to Walmart. So I had track pants on, work boots, a hoodie, a baseball hat. I dressed like most guys dress every day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so apparently I was very stealthy last night at Walmart. So we can love more. We can believe for more. How many of you got room to believe more? Come on, that's two of us. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 And we also thank God continually because when you received the Word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is. The Word of God. Which is indeed at work in you who believe. So he's saying what I'm saying. I'm sharing with you the actual Word of God and you received it as the Word of God, not the Word of Pastor Dan. And it's working in your heart and life because you believe. And because that's happening, here's the catch. You can believe more and more and exponentially more. How many of you know that when you were a new believer, certain things maybe felt a little hard to believe God for, but now you can believe God for those things. Yeah. I, I had a car healing ministry when I first became a Christian. Uh, my youth group, you know, we all, you know, it's important, you all, 14 people climbed into like two cars back then. And uh, this guy had a Lincoln town car. But it was the old Lincoln with the big fins and like you could put 63 people in it. You know, and he used to, we had a train tracks in downtown Niagara Falls that were like straight up, pretty much like every road here in Pennsylvania. And uh, he hit this road at like 70 miles an hour. Me in the, so I don't know what seat I was in. I know I didn't land in the seat I started in. Guy was nuts, just completely nuts. But I'd only been saved like a week, and I get there, and his car won't start after. And he's, you know, he's, he's being a really strong example. He was cursing and swearing and punching his car. And I said, well, that's, that's going to do a lot, punching a Lincoln. You know, I said, let me pray over your car. He's like, like that'll do something. I said, well, I'm crazy enough to try it, so let's just pray over your car. So I put my hand on the engine, and I said, turn the key over it, and it started. He goes, okay, that's just weird. So he turned it off, and it wouldn't start. And then prayed over it again, and then it started. I told him, I said, man, pray, you got to pray over these things. 
Three separate times we prayed over that thing, and every time God started it. And I had just this ability to believe that God can make an inanimate object that really didn't matter to me at all work. It was my ride home. That was it. Step up more. Titus chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Here's the fact that most churches, 10 to 30% of the people do 100% of the work. And that creates a recipe for three things. Resentment, burnout, and quitting. They just get tired of it. Because no one helps them. Here's the reality. I believe again, like I said in the beginning, if 100% of the people in this place were doing something, we wouldn't be lacking anything. Anything. And it may come to a point someday where we say, okay, well, we need to break up the church into sections. Which family will come in and clean which section of the building and make sure everything's ready to go for Sunday? My old church, which I think this would look horrendous, but they did it anyway. Ten guys brought their tiny little John Deere's out and they all broke up the yard and they mowed 18 acres because it had to get done the way it was. It looked horrible. I mean, you don't want all kinds of different mowers. It would mess with your eyeballs, but anyhow. In everything, set, set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Um, Luke 15 also talks about a man who had 100 sheep but loses one, and he steps up and leaves the 99 to go after the one. So in, in Titus, he's saying, set an example by doing what is good in our teachings, show integrity and seriousness, soundness of speech that cannot can be condemned so that those who oppose us might become ashamed. We're living in an hour when it's time for us to be able to step up and engage the conversations that are happening in our society. Oh, we can't do that. Why? Why? There are serious conversations that are happening. Just go on social media for 20 minutes and you will see very serious conversations. And we as believers need to be, need to be, not into arguing, not into fighting, but being willing to give sound, sound, solid, biblical truth. Can I share this truthfully with you? Don't share your opinion. Give them the truth. Let them fight with that for a while. Because your opinion, no matter how worded it is, is just your opinion. And they're going to say, what have you done? Well, actually, I've done a lot. Thank you. Not really. Luke 15 also talks about the sheep. We talked about this already. I mean, he just stepped up, left the 99, went after the one. There are going to be opportunities in our lives to step up. And in 2020, we need to step up. You might say, well, you know, I've just, I've done my part. I've heard, I've heard this line for years in ministry. And I used to understand it from a different perspective, but now I've lost patience for it. And here's what it is. I'll hear this statement. I've done my part. I'm waiting for you to get it then you should be dead. 
Because nowhere in Scripture does it say your calling ends. It says you end. <laughs> There's a day appointed when we're all going to be called home. But until then, we're to be busy doing the work of the kingdom. I mean, how would it be, let me just throw this conundrum out there. If all of a sudden, you know, it was 9.30, I wasn't, wasn't feeling it. Pastor Nate, I'm not coming today. I don't feel like it. You're the pastor! Yeah, you know, I've done my part. I've preached like thousands of sermons. I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to call it a day. It got very quiet just now, didn't it? That same conversation goes through most of our heads when we're at home. Well, let's just stay home today. Do you know that somebody on this staff has worked hard all week to put together and to pray and to ask God for a word for you? You want to grow in your relationship with God? Let me give you one free tip. Show up every week for 52 weeks. Show up, plug yourself in, take notes, pay attention, and if you don't grow, I tell you what, you can shave my head bald. Help more. John chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through who gives me strength. So we know that we need to step out more. My question to you is, what ways do we need to step out more? Well, we're waiting for you to tell us. Why do I have to tell you? I've lived here five years. You've lived here years. Do you know where the poor are? Do you know where the hungry are? Do you know where we could take a van with a, a couple of huge pots of soup and open the trunk and say, hey, we just wanted to come out here and, and give you something tonight? you know where those places are? I don't. Well, it's your job to learn. No, it's not. It's your job to work with me. Tell me. You know, I don't want to single anyone out, but I'm going to. Jeanette, you know, we talked about schools and we talked about backpacks two years ago. And I don't know, the word backpacks just hit her like a ton of bricks. She went home and she had to talk with her husband, Terry, and said, you know what, like, we need to do backpacks. Let's just do backpacks for these schools. I never brought backpacks up because we did so many backpacks in my last church that the school told us to stop. Why do you think that might be? Because some of the people who are anti-God didn't like the fact that we were supplying half of the backpacks in the school system. Yeah. Step out more. Step out of your comfort zone. Oh, no, 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 no. Can't do that. That's your job. Listen, I step out of my comfort zone every day. <laughs> I step out of my comfort zone every time I come up here. Actually, the stool thing kind of works for me. I'm not nearly as stressed out as I get standing up. Say yes more. <laughs> How many of you are say no people? Okay, I'll ask you this. How many of you are people who like to plan? Raise your hand. Hold it up nice and high. And planning, planning is good. I love you people. 
because I'm like that. Now, how many of you who are planners, if someone asks you, hey, like, let's go blah, 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 tomorrow, your inclination is to say no. Let me see your hand. I love that. It's plant planners will almost always say no on short notice. And they won't even know. The, the reason they'll give you is they don't have all the facts. So if you want a planner to say yes, give them like three, four days. Then come back and you know, your chances will go up exponentially. Say yes more. Say yes to God more. Matthew 5.37, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You might say, what does that mean? Sometimes we say, oh, yes, rather than saying no to somebody, and then they start, they show up for their event. And this happens to us all the time in ministry, is people say yes, and then they send us a text two minutes before, um, my, my, my macaroni blew up in the kitchen. Here's the truth. They had no intention of going from day one. And they should have just said no. And as a leader, I'm going to tell you, when you're doing a big event and you, know, you have everybody slotted and you know someone calls with the macaroni exploded last minute, you want to go and explode macaroni for sure. Because it's very hard to all of a sudden alter your schedule when you're all of a sudden down eight or nine people who really never were committed in the first place. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So when you say yes in Christ, it's for the glory of God. When you say yes, it is for the glory of God. Now, am I saying you need to say yes to everything? No, because you'll become burned out. And that's why we got the same problem of the 3070. I want to see a church, and this is the vision we have as a staff, that has 100% participation. And I mean 100%. Like, we got young people that are talented. Yeah, they're on, some of them are on the worship team, that they can do more. They've got stuff to offer. We got kids that can do more. And I'm going to tell you, if kids can minister and you can't, something's wrong. Set up a car in a corner with pots of hot coffee. Pastor Corey, where he's all over that one. You know, get his Kurgermeister or whatever it is he has that he packs up in the back of his car. Seriously, this dude has got like a setup that's like a, it's like a, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. He mixes things together. He's like the diabolical scientist. You know, he opens up the trunk and those fumes fly open. People will come running from everywhere. And, and you know, you just, just say, hey, listen, I just want to give you a hot cup of coffee. It's cold out tonight. We had a ministry in my first church. Literally, as God is my witness, I'm telling you a true story. I was in my office counseling a guy in his 20s who was dealing with lust and my, my office wall was all glass to the street. We were in the worst area of Niagara Falls, downtown Niagara Falls, full of prostitutes. And what happens? 
He's talking to me with the problem he has with lust, and there's a prostitute outside the window, bent over, talking into a car. I said, dude, hey, look over here at my face. Just stay over here. Over here. We had curtains installed the following week. I mean, isn't that just the irony of the world we live in? What we started to do with those girls, we never judged them. We started taking them out warm coffee. Because it get really cold down there. And, you know, their pimps would get really, at first they were upset and we're like, hey, listen, we're just giving them hot coffee. All right, whatever. Then we give them hot coffee and a sandwich. And then we start working on helping them to escape. Because you see, one of the things you don't know about prostitution rings, and, and this is why you need to pray for these girls, these women. I may not get through my, my 10. If I don't, that's okay. They literally hold their kids while they're out and tell them if they don't come home, they'll kill their kids. And what they do is they move them every, every month or two to another city. They don't give them enough time to get to know anybody. So they can't build roots and connections to get out, to escape. We had a girl who we had planned an escape. She was going to come in for a coffee, grab a sandwich. We had a car taking her out the back door. We were going to, had a, one of the girls was arranging to have her child ready. Somehow they found out. She never made it out on the street that night. We don't know what happened to her. That's, that's an example of saying yes more that's dangerous. I mean, we were, we were mixed up there against some real heavy hitters, like mob-type stuff. Live more. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. God wants us to live life more. He wants us to live better. He wants us to experience more. But we're not going to if we don't say yes or put ourselves in the place to experience more of what God has. Friends, we have a comfortable life. Say amen, or you might find out you don't. We talk about the end times are coming, and I've been thinking about this and contemplating it a lot. Have you been watching the news? End times are here. We are living in the finite moment before Jesus calls His church home. And stop looking at America as the barometer. Like We keep looking at America. There has to be this big thing that happens in America before Jesus has come. God has done major things in America several times throughout our history. You know what nations haven't seen God do major things? Prague. Canada has never seen a coast-to-coast revival. Europe, if you've ever been there, in places is so dark, it's tangible. You can feel it. When I went to the Soviet Union, I've never felt darkness like I felt two weeks after communism fell. Nothing so dark is what I felt when I went there. It was choking. Even the sky looked different. Live more. I remember taking that trip. I remember that trip cost me my car. Had to sell my car to go. What kind of crazy person does that? A kid who didn't have a plan beyond that trip. (laughs) I just knew I was supposed to go. 
live more. Embrace change more. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. I quit. I'm done. I'm going to stop on this one right here. So from now on, regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. This is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message now of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Those who are in right position with God. Why? So that we can have the ministry of reconciliation to bring others to the same safe place of reconciliation. God wants to bring people who are not in relationship into relationship with Him and He wants to use you to do it. Because the relationships are broken. See, I know like Donnie and Rosie do a marriage group here, and I don't even have to, I don't even have to look at them to know that they deal after a class, probably someone comes with a marriage conflict. Right? And they act in the role of helping reconcile a marriage. We as believers are called to reconcile. What about reconciling the drug addict? What about reconciling the prostitute? What about reconciling our teenagers? What about reconciling our seniors? What about reconciling our whole community around us? These are things we have to think about. Embrace change. To do this, to do what Christ is telling us to do, is going to require major change. Do I know what that looks like yet? Not. I don't. But I can tell you this. How many of you think our church looks different if you have 20 addicts in it? Raise your hand. How many of you think our church looks different if all of a sudden you have 20 girls that have been removed from the streets in it? What? People, you have no idea. I pastored in a church like that. I'm going to let you know it changes everything. Everything. We got to be ready for that. Ready for that. Um, I got two. I'll have the team come back. I can I can read these to you real quick. Just walk slow. <laughs> do something you've never done. Remember what I said? If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Do something different. Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now I'm not going to lie, it's been hard to accept that at times in my life when it seemed like the ship was going down. But I've watched how God has prospered myself, my family, my leadership teams that I've worked with through those times because it is trials and tribulations that grow us. That was very quiet. Please learn this lesson or we repeat it many times over. I don't want to repeat it anymore. 
One of the things that God wants us to do is to be willing to do things we've never done. Maybe down the road, our video team says, listen, we're looking to shoot five-minute interviews of people who have a story to tell. Here's the truth. You all have a story to tell. Why can't you do that? Yes, you can. We can get you through it. You should hear what we have to tell people to get them in the baptismal tank. We have to tell them, don't worry, the water's dry. Don't worry, once we get you in that tank, you'll be good. Pastor Corey's like, you know, he's pretty deft, but I mean, I've seen him like, like kick out people's feet. They lock up in that tank. You know, because it's doing something different. And finally, I think for 2020, my bucket list is that I need to be more. How many of you would say you could be more? 1 Corinthians 9.21 says, To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all peoples so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. You know what that means? You can become more just by being open to relating and connecting with people. If our times together on Sunday are really just about feeding you, you're missing the mark. See, really, in our church structure and our model, Sunday is not that. Sunday is actually more designed for people who are seekers of who Christ is and for those of you who want to celebrate what God has done in your life this week. If you really want the meat, Wednesday night is where you get the meat. That's where you dig in and you chew on, or some of the other nights that we have small groups. But please make no mistake, we got seats in this building that God is holding us accountable for. And they've got to be full. Say amen, it's true. Not so I can go to district. Well, this week we had 700. Listen, I could care less. Here's what I care about. If God built it, let's see it filled. And that comes through the Holy Spirit giving increase, but it also comes through God's people giving invitation. If you're not inviting, they may not even know what you do on Sunday. It's true. I'll close with this. I know I went over time, but it's my first time back, so forgive me, I missed you. But my very first church, Pastor Corey, was in a northern Canadian town called Glencoe. And when I got there, I have shared this before, the church sign was burned out, all the light posts were burned out, the building was nice, but it was always dark because no one was ever in the building, and it was right on Main Street. So I got the sign fixed, we did some renovations, we put a new kitchen in, you know, we put a fellowship hall in, we did seniors' lunches and all that. And somebody came to me who'd been in the community for a long time and said, when did you guys turn this place into a church? 
I said, how long have you lived here? About 30 years. I said, you didn't know that this has been a church for 30 years? No, I thought it was a hardware store. Wow. God help us if people are driving by thinking we're a hardware store. we got to be more. 2020 is about being more in every single way, being more. Being more spiritual, being more hungry, being more active after what God has, being more open to the move of the Spirit, being open to revival happening here. Maybe God would entrust us with revival. That's a powerful thing. Has to be big because of everything we've been through. It's been massive. And so at the end of the service today, I just want to ask this question. How many of you are willing to commit and say, I just want to be more in 2020? And you have your own areas. You just want to be more. Can I see your hand? Here's what I want you to do, because you'll forget 10 minutes after you leave church. Grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, whatever it is, and write down the areas that you want to be more. And keep it in your Bible. Keep it there for the year. I gave you my list this morning. That's my list. And our list. But I want to pray for you because I think you're an awesome group of people. The huge potential. I want to see what God's going to do. Father, we just thank you this morning for your greatness. Lord, a lot of people raised their hands and said, I want to be more. And I can do more. And Lord, I believe your word declared over and over today that there's more that we can do. And so, Father, we say yes to you. We say yes to the more. Father, you know the challenges that we have faced. You know the struggles that we have faced at times. Lord, you also have helped us overcome every obstacle that has come our way. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, and, and, we, and we praise you for provision, but we pray that, God, you begin to allow us to launch out, to reach out, to step out, Lord, to do more than what we ever thought we could do. That, Lord, more lives would be changed and transformed, that they would receive, that they would receive the anointing to do things they never thought they could do. Man, some of you in this room, I'm telling you right now, God is an anointing for you to do something you never thought you could do. If you're feeling that right now, just say, Father, I received that anointing. And if over the next week or two, it's like kind of bubbling up and it's fermenting, you can catch myself or Pastor Lorna. Just reach out and say, listen, this might sound crazy, but you might not know what we've been talking about. Trust me, we talk about some pretty crazy stuff. You might go, this is what I got in my heart. And we might go, this is what we already had written down. Let's get it done. Let's do it. So Father, as we leave here today, I just pray, God, finally your blessing on every person. That they would know your love and your goodness. And that, Father, that 2020 would be a year of turnaround, a year of transformation, a year, Father, of excitement, of expectation, of growth, of exciting things. You, Father, you, Father, you, Father, have already picked us up, put us on your shoulder, and we're going with you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.